You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, guys, we have Lindsay Manfredi from Cold. Now, Lindsay was a fantastic guest. Uh, I reached out to her, I believe, on Instagram uh, to set this up. Um, she is been on my radar since she was on my buddy John from the Brutally Speaking podcast. Uh, podcast. Uh, she was talking about uh, the new Cold record, of course, but also she's also an author as well uh, and done some TED Talks and things like that. Just a really fascinating person. I was really intrigued to chat with her and uh, I was not disappointed. It was a great chat. Uh, she's a fantastic person and and just a really, um, a really interesting person talk. So I, I wanted to bring this to you guys. I did this one a while ago. This one has been in the hopper for a while, um, but I wanted to wait for the right time to put it out. Um, I had a bunch of time sensitive stuff uh, before it as well. So um, this is the time it's coming out and I'm glad to do it and uh, glad it's happening now, as I always say, because I think it's the right time. And uh, yeah, just really, really stoked for you guys to hear it. So let's get some business out of the way and we will jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with, you know, guest ideas or questions, comments, anything that way. Um, I definitely appreciate getting those emails on that. So I want you guys to join the Facebook group. It's Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group. Uh, we will add you in. It's a private group, but if you, you know, select you want to join, 
we'll absolutely add you in. It's just the way I set it up was private. So uh, we're stuck with that. <laughs> so that's the way it's going to be. Uh, also, guys, I want you to sign up for the Twitch. That is uh, twitch.tv slash peer pleasure. Uh, we try to do as many episodes as we can live. Uh, we've got a ton of big stuff coming up uh, for the rest of the year. And as you guys know, the 12 days of peer pleasure is coming as well. The last 12 days before Christmas, including Christmas, an episode every day. Um, that's something we undertook last year and it went really well. I really enjoyed doing it. It was a lot of work, but I enjoyed doing it. And it was something fun to do at the end of the year. Uh, so we're going to make it a tradition. So this year will be year two of the 12 days of peer pleasure. And I'm really, really excited to bring that to you. So stay tuned for that. Um, also want you to sign up for the premium service. The premium service has the videos of the episodes, the past cast, and also the audio, uh, the ad free feed. So, uh, go check that out at supporting cast dot, or excuse me, peer pleasure dot supporting cast dot FM. Um, it, I think you guys will definitely find something you like there. So uh, guys, I want to jump into this one. I had a really fantastic chat with Lindsay, and I really, really appreciated her coming on. Um, like I said, just a fantastic person and a, a great musician and author and uh, and speaker, just a, an all-around um, jack of all trades, if you would. I mean, it's, it's really the way to put it. Uh, it's just a fantastic, fantastic talent. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Lindsay Manfredi from Cold. are you i'm good how are you <laughs> i'm fantastic fantastic can you hear me okay i can yeah you sound good 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 awesome can you hear me all right yeah you're perfect okay sweet well i do have all the gear <laughs> yeah you do i know i'm just like whatever <laughs> <laughs> i guess in the middle of like being all over the country it's crazy so yeah what are you yeah. traveling for right now well um 
I had to get out of LA for a little bit and I came to Indiana to do a pre-production, pre-pre-production, just to like go over all the shit. Um, I'm heading to Pennsylvania next Friday to meet with the guys and okay, we've got a, like two weeks to rehearse before we start in New York now, on the 15th of September. So yeah. So what's in, what's in Indiana? If the guys aren't in Indiana, what's in Indiana for, for pre-pre-production? Just a quiet um, space? Quiet space, my best friends, uh, my family, uh, my child, because <laughs> I'm, I'm from here. Oh, okay. Originally, so um, that's what's going on. How old's your child? Um, she'll, they'll, uh, just came out as trans uh, <laughs> recently. Okay. Um, she'll be 18 in January. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. So you get to spend time, you know, here and there, I guess. If you're in LA, yeah. and she's, okay, got it. Yeah, she comes out sometimes. Uh, I'm here. I'm definitely in Indiana at least once every six months. Okay. So I've been here for a couple of weeks. I went to Mexico for vacation for a week last week. So that was nice. But yeah, just gearing up, playing through 25 songs every single day. <laughs> yeah. A lot. We have a pretty big set, and but really excited to be back on the road. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. It's been really crazy seeing all the bands heading back out. Kind of mm-hmm. waiting to see what happens. They're like test test subjects of what's going to happen, and it seems well, like yeah. it's just hit or miss. It is. I mean, we've had, you know, Fallout Boy had to postpone some tours, stained, mm-hmm. um, served Bad Wolves, like all all these. You know, some people are doing it, and some people aren't. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy. So, I mean, our whole entire camp is backed up, though. So that's good. Excellent. That's the way to be. I, I I just was texting with my my buddy uh, Jason from he plays in Green Day, and mm-hmm. he was saying it, everyone's just in their own bubble, like all the bands are operating in their own bubble. Like no one's really like because that happens. Like someone gets it and then everyone's shut down. They've yeah. been just operating in these little like pods, basically, <laughs> band right. with band with band. It's wild. It's it's absolutely wild. But, yeah. Um, so what did you do? So I don't know. Yeah. 25 songs. You guys are headlining then. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Cause it's uh I'm trying to remember the first time I heard Cold, and I think it was on like a DVD. We moved down from Alaska to start touring in 2000. So there was this like DVD that came with a magazine or something. It was really I know right. you were a fan of the band a long time before you were in the band, so maybe you had the same thing, but it had like all these music videos on this DVD and just got wicked was on there. I think it was the first video on the DVD. Mm-hmm. We got it like hot topic or something. <laughs> I don't remember where we got it, but I, I put it in and that was my first exposure to cold. Cause up until okay. that point we were still like, we were, and I'm a punk rock kid. Like that's what I grew up on. But then I would always reach out into like the metal world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But cold is a little like blend of a lot of things. So it like spoke to me then. Like I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then from there, like it was it was just like opening a box of of stuff we'd never heard before. Cause mm-hmm. that stuff wasn't in Alaska when we were up there. Like it was it was just happening right when we left. Right. And so it was a super good time for us to hear that. But like that I don't remember. I was trying to think of the name of that DVD. I don't know what it is, but anyway. Neither here nor there, but that was my exposure early, early on. 
I used to get cassette, like boxes of cassette tapes because I was on the Cold Army Street team mm-hmm. way back in the day, in 2000, 2001. I would just, you know, hand out, you know, cassettes with two songs like No One and or Just Got Wicked. I think those were the on the two little, like that are like slid into that little thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember that? I don't even, it's so crazy because I don't even remember like how. Like if, if it was, I don't like what label they were on back then, but yeah, I would just, I was such a huge fan. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool to be able to work with Scooter. Yeah. Now. I, so where, where do you, so you come from Indiana, you born, born and raised in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what, tell me about that because I want to kind of get your story because I'm fascinated by what you do, but I want to know, you know, where you come from. And, and this show kind of goes wherever we can talk about whatever we want to. There's never an agenda. That's why publicists hate it. because <laughs> Like, please plug the new record, plug the new record. I'm like I, 17 other podcasts just covered the record. Let's just have a yeah. conversation. You know, I, this yeah. drives them crazy. Like they'll text me right before, please just this time, talk about the new record. <laughs> well, I will about the new record I, I mean it. it's not like new anymore because we had to take 2020 yeah exactly <laughs> but uh, I mean we're still out there we're promoting it and we're going to be playing more songs on from that album on this tour which is exciting mm-hmm. um okay so Indiana yeah I was born and raised in Kokomo Indiana and I was just like one of those kids who broke all the rules I spent most of my teens in juvenile detention Cause I was just obsessed with music and I smoked a lot of weed yep. <laughs> and um, I would eat acid and go to school. I was just like a, a crazy kid. Um, Cause I was raised in such a religious home and everything was like, you can't do this. Can't do this. Can't do this. I'm the youngest of three. Okay. Um, so, you know, the youngest is usually the rebel. Uh-huh. And so as I ended up getting my GED a year before I would have graduated and I moved when I was 18. Well, I learned how to be a, a body piercer at first. So that was kind of like my, my living. That's how I made money. Mm-hmm. And I played music and I moved to Terre Haute when I was 18 to start my first band. It was called NSA, which stood for No Strings Attached. And then I ended up going to Florida to start a band. And it kind of, that, and that's where I was, I was exposed to cold in Indiana because I was Sprung Monkey's merchandise girl for a couple of shows in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had gone up to Chicago and they played at the Metro. So it was Kid Rock, Sprung Monkey and cold. And I had never heard of them before. And I was after seeing the show and had dinner with them at like an Applebee's or something. We're all sitting at the bar. I just became just the biggest fan. And it's funny that you mentioned Just Got Wicked because when I moved um, down to Florida, I was in Tampa. Uh, well, no, was, had that record already come out? Well, Just Got Wicked was the song that was just, it's the reason why I got the tattoo. Okay. It was that blue, the blue and black spider on the CD. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got it tattooed. And then when Year of the Spider came out, like I had taken, like my sister did a photo shoot and I had sent in my photo because they were like looking for all the cold tattoos. And my photo is actually in the album of Year of the Spider and it's right next to Jeremy Marshall, whom I replaced, which is just kind of a crazy full circle. Like, how did this even happen? 
situation. Yeah. But everything I did, like I did for music, I'm, I was always the lead singer. And then um, I, a point in my life, I was married for three years and my ex-husband was a really phenomenal bassist, but he, we wanted to start this band and he wanted to play guitar. So he was like, here you go. And so stuck a Fender Jaguar in my hands and I never looked back. And that was back in 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. something like that. Man. Okay. So we've got, we've got a lot to unpack here. So you said you were raised in a religious family. Yes. I was raised in a Mormon household. Which were you raised in? <laughs> um, Baptist, Baptist non, okay. kind of non-denominational. Um, we started, I went to um, Kokomo Christian School. So I, okay. you know, went to church Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesdays, uh, vacation Bible school. And then you just had to like deal with that every single day in school, chapel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all that bullshit. So... Did you, did you ever, let me ask you this. Did you ever feel like you really believed in it at any point, even um, as a child? Oh yeah. I mean, I've certainly gone through phases and I'm extremely spiritual. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe, um, in the universe and a higher power. If you want to call it God, if you want to, you know, I don't know if I necessarily believe all the tales that are like in the Bible, but I definitely meditate on a daily basis and you know there is something some energy out there that is orchestrating everything for me that i truly believe in and know it has like the universe has my back Mm -hmm. and amazing things happen but i'm a really positive person i can i can tell that right away i can tell it right away and i i'm the same way like i definitely believe in energy i believe in the power of the mind I, i believe in all that stuff I never mm-hmm. be- believed in religion, even as a child. I never, I never saw, I never made sense to me. So no. I was always fighting <laughs> against it. So maybe I didn't give it an honest try, but I always just kind of felt like anytime they're talking about like the power of prayer or like things like that, like it's just energy. It's literally just energy and focusing yourself on one thing. If you, if you, the people talk about manifesting things, like, you know, if you, the, what's the secret or whatever, like the positive mental attitude, like, all that stuff is exactly the same. You're putting yourself in tune with a specific thing when you're praying for something or trying to make something happen, which is, it's just the human, it's the human mind. Like it's the, it's the power of the mind and the energy in the world. Like it's, it's all, mm-hmm. all connected in such a greater way than uh, I feel like what we were raised with. <laughs> You know, where there's, well, it's this dude and this dude, and this is what happened. Like it's, it's all out there. It's very real. Um, I I think it's just so much bigger than what I was raised to believe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's abundant and endless. And I just refuse to um, hold myself back in any way. Yeah. And I think that a lot, you know, I just, that there's no such thing as lack in my book. Sure. It makes absolute sense. And I mean, and like putting yourself out there through all these things you were mentioning, like is where you, how you got to where you are now, mm-hmm. putting yourself out there, being brave and, and saying, you know, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. You know, someone hands you something at the base. You never look back, right? You could have said, nah, you know, but Not having really. an open mind and an open heart to to do that stuff is, is paramount. Yeah. Well, I'm also the kind of girl that I want it all. I want to do it all. Mm -hmm. Like I'm working on another book right now. 
you know, I've got a candle company. I want to, I'm, I'm doing my own music stuff. I'm working with my friend Brandon Zano on on his music shit. Like, I just want to do everything. Yeah. Because why not? I can't, I can't sit still for sure. I have nothing. I have nothing to come back at that with. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Why the fuck not? It's, uh, it's, it's the, the, the joy of life being alive and being able to do those things, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to say yes to everything. That's a privilege in itself, you know, having the freedom to do that. So do we have a question? So talk to me about the Mormon religion, because I really don't know a whole lot about it. My friends, Lauren and Mark, they're still um, kind of Mormon-ish, but like they still drink and have a good time. I just know they don't really celebrate Christmas or <laughs> holidays or anything like that. that oh, but that's Jehovah's I Witness, I think you're thinking of. Oh, is it? Yeah, don't they know. don't celebrate holidays or Christmas or anything. And okay. I know they believe, I dated a Jehovah's Witness once and she ran it down for me. She wasn't anymore, but she ran it down that... There's 150,000 chosen people that are going to make it to heaven and they don't know who they are, (laughs) but they are the ones that are going to get in. So everyone else is kind of host. The Mormon religion is a little different where the dude said he found golden plates that uh, an angel told him where they were. He was a convicted fraud already. Like he'd been having people after him saying he, he would go to their, their property and say he knew where he could find silver and totally like take them for their stuff, like, and not find anything. So he was already convicted fraud. Then he tells all this stuff about finding these plates and they go through that whole mess. He looks in a hat through a whatever to, to it's Egyptian hieroglyphics. Uh, all the, like the, all the Jesus stuff happened in America. Like, um, and then there's a whole thing, like there's the whole temple temple stuff. So like if you go get married in the temple, Joseph Smith was a Mason. So if you watch on YouTube, you should pull this up later. Someone okay. brought in a hidden camera to the temple ceremonies for like sealing people together. Um, they're wearing very Masonic outfits, aprons, mm-hmm. things like that. All these like hand signals, like the, you basically are taught a handshake on how to reach through the veil and shake God's hand to get into heaven. Um, there's a secret handshake. Uh, your wife and husband are given or your husband and wife are given different names to call out when they get to heaven to find each other. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's wild. I can't, it's wild. I can't say it's crazy. I don't want to. I don't want to judge people for what they believe, but to me, it doesn't make sense, and it's very based on masonry, and like that's where I have the problem. Like, okay, this is like a new religion, but it's also like you can see where things were pulled from. I mean, you look at the Masonic symbols, and then you tie those to the Mormon symbols. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. very similar. And uh, there's just so much covered up. There's uh, like massacres that they kind of sweep under the rug. Uh, You know, uh, African-Americans weren't allowed to have the priesthood to like the 70s. Uh, The women's the women's uh, the women's group is called the Relief Society. Like they're the relief for you know what I mean? Like it's really behind the times is the wrong word. It's just very uh, male centric. Um. Yeah, it's something I noticed right away. Like, well, mom, why can't you have the priesthood? Well, I'm not supposed to have it. Okay. Like, why why does dad get all this power and you don't have, you know, it's weird. It's yeah. weird. But I hate to, I hate to to judge people for what they believe in, and I don't want to poke fun at it, but it is something that I don't personally see any validity in. Um, right. But yeah, it was definitely, I mean, the fellowship was cool. 
going to church. I mean, you had family friends that you'd had your whole life because of church, but right. never, it never appealed to me. My mom said, uh, senior year, if senior year, I still didn't believe in it, I could leave. So the day senior year started, I was like, cool, I'm out. And that was it. And then I got my GED early, like four months early before graduating and then was done with it. You want to do music. Same as mm -hmm. you, like just, nice. I'm out. I don't want to hang around. Like I'm, I want to go do my thing. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what I did. So anyways, that's in a nutshell, kind of a brief explanation of the, there's a good book. Uh, Cause I know you're a reader for you. I can tell from you write books, but I can tell you're a reader. Yeah. Um, it's called under the banner of heaven and it's by John Krakauer. Okay. It's all about Joseph Smith discovering the church and moving everyone to Utah, like, and, and, or organizing that he was shot in a prison over there before they left. But wow. it's about that expansion, all the people that died, the massacre, like, it's really good. It's really yeah. eye opening. So if you want to understand that really, that's a good way to do it. Because John Krakauer okay. is an amazing author, as you probably have read some of his stuff before, but um, into the wild and um, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, long tail right. on that one. But that's uh, that's where where I'm coming from on that. But um, yeah, I, I just I identify a lot with your story because it's kind of similar, like, we're you know, kind of the same things. But where did did you always have that drive like that, that that drive to do things? Or did that something that came after like a certain event? Did you were you always that way? Like growing up, like doing your own thing and, and just fighting oh, for yeah. what you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did your parents think like, of that? Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I was always like, God, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a, a fucking asshole. <laughs> I love that when it starts like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've always been really good at what I put my mind to. Whether, you know, I remember being like a really good cheerleader in the fourth grade and then in the fifth grade, I didn't make it because, you know, I went to this religious school and they said I had an attitude problem, but I, I know I didn't. I was a really good student. I made straight A's. I mean, I got, had my degree from Indiana University. I graduated with a 3.98 GPA, all while raising a child mm -hmm. and, you know, taking a break from music for that time of my life. And I just, I've always been driven to just be the best and do the best because I just didn't think that, again, limits. I, rem, you know, remember telling my parents I wanted to be a rock star and it, and it wasn't necessarily like I want to be a rock star, but I really wanted to be a rock star. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be like Debbie Gibson and Madonna. I wanted to perform in front of people and I was a great singer and I just, that was my shit. And they would say, well, you can't do that. You have to know people. That's never going to happen. Do you know how many people actually make it? Blah, blah, blah. But then I would like be listening to songs on the radio and be like, this shit sucks. And if it's in the top 40, I can definitely write something better and I can do something better. And so I just was always like, fuck the man. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I found out ways like, you know, and I talk about this in my book, you know, when they said, well, you have to know people. Well, I went to concerts and I got to know people. Mm -hmm. I met people and I gained the respect of people and I got to be backstage and I wasn't ever a groupie. I was like hanging because I wanted to learn the business. I wanted to get to, you know, see what it was like and be in it on that regard. So I met people. <laughs> so when they said you have to know people, 
I fucking did it. Yeah. I got to know people. That's such a huge thing to learn early on who, you know, who, you know, is paramount for so many different Mm -hmm. things. But, uh, I love, I love that attitude and that spirit. I love, (laughs) I don't know how to say this without sounding like a fucking asshole. (laughs) You can you can do that though. You can you can manifest things, right? Like you can put if it just means you put your mind to things the right way. Like you you put your mind to it. It's not like um saying you're gonna put your mind to it. You actually do it. Just is, do the fucking work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't sit down and write your book in two days. You probably God threw no. it back and forth eighty million times to an editor after getting it actually getting a getting a publisher to put it out. Mm-hmm. How many times you send it back and forth? How many times you're sitting there late at night, like trying to get your word count in? Like it takes work, just like yeah, playing an years. instrument. Yeah, it was years. Exactly. Years for one book. Mm-hmm. You look at people that write like like 20 some books, like how many years were spent doing that? Like it's insane. But, you know, yeah. it's it's something that's really cool to talk to people like you that have that drive and have that spirit, you know, cause not everyone has that. And I guess it's for good reason. If everyone had that, the world would be crazy, <laughs> right? Like probably if everyone had that gusto, <laughs> like you wouldn't want to drive down the street. Like it'd be insane. It'd be, it'd be people climbing over the top of each other. You know, right. maybe it's the right thing that we don't all have that spirit, but when someone does like yourself, it's inspiring, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a great thing, you know, and, and so did you have, did you have your, I don't mean to, uh, to age you here, but did you have your, your child like right at the end of high school or soon oh, after? I didn't have my child until I was 25. Oh, okay. Hey. I'm 43. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know that I don't look it, but I mean, I really take care of myself. I, um, I just started getting Botox last year. <laughs> But I like, I drink a lot of water. I work out and I'm happy. I meditate. Like all that stuff keeps me super young. And yeah, well, since you don't look right, 43, you don't look 40. You don't, yeah, not even close. Like I, I didn't want to age you there, but I was like, that's, yeah. uh, you say Botox? I just started getting Botox. Really? Yes. Tell me about that. I'd have never <laughs> spoken to someone about Botox. In the forehead? Yeah. This light's all weird. I don't have a ring light. So, so they just go in and stick little, they stick needles and like put little bits of Botox in your. It's like, doop, doop. I, I mean, it's not like it was really bad. I feel like I'm doing preventative measures, but I mean, I'm just, you know, doing the damn thing. I've got to be on stage and in the public eye. So I sure. want my best to feel good and look good and. What was the catalyst for for doing Botox? Like, what what was the point where you're like, okay, I need to try this? Um, well, I was quarantined with uh, my ex business partner Trisha and Gino Leonardo. He was the old guitarist for Filter, so that's yeah. what I lived with during the quarantine. And Trish was like, "This is going to change your life." <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess I'll go. <laughs> and it does, it just made it, it made, it wasn't like such a huge difference, but it definitely made it to the point where it's like, oh, I look like I got a good night's sleep. And okay. it lasts for months and months. And then you do it again. It's just so interesting. I, yeah, I've never, I've never spoken to someone about Botox before. It's always something I hear, but I've never looked into that. But that's, uh, that's interesting. 
Well, I just am really trying to be transparent about things. Yeah. Well, you talk about you you meditate, you take care of yourself. You've have you always been that way? Like it seems like you probably have because you've, you know, it seems like a a good part of your life. When did you start meditating? Mm, I didn't start regularly meditating until probably like 2008 or 2009. Okay. I went through um, this program called Beyond Your Best, which is based, it's like a two weekend in a row situation where you're locked in for 72 hours. And um, it's basically based on the secret. Okay. Basically based. So just those kind of whole, like, you know, what really matters and what do you really want in your life? I mean, it's definitely a little cultish. I could have, you know, if you get sucked in to where like, I like, I like to take things and learn whatever lesson I'm supposed to learn, but I don't make that shit my life mm-hmm. in like being involved in that all the time. <laughs> so okay. I took the the good things from it, but meditation has certainly been something that my ex, um, well, I used to be in this business group. And my friend Desiree Garcia really introduced that and now that home. And then once I started reading Dr. Wayne Dyer, that's mm-hmm. just really when I clicked. And I don't, I went like when I was in LA, like for the last couple of months, I was really busy and I was just, you know, kind of drinking a lot and just like getting all my last like time in with my friends before I saw them for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing a lot of traveling. I went to Joshua Tree and it was like birthday after birthday every single weekend. Um, so I didn't really spend a whole lot of time like in it Mm -hmm. and I can tell, I could definitely tell a shift in the energy, but since I've been back here, I have been meditating every day. I've been working out every day. I've been like eating super healthy, just really trying to get back in a tour shape. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel amazing. I've definitely cut out most alcohol. And so that's good. I just, Mm -hmm. it's all about a balance. I think. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, when you're meditating, do you, is it more for like, is it more for like maintenance and, uh, like longevity or I, it, the reason I asked this is there, there's a band called Yob. Have you heard that band? I haven't. Okay. They're, they're incredible. You should check them out They're Um, they've been around forever. Um, <laughs> but Mike, the, the singer guitar player for Yob is really into meditation, but he's into this style of meditation. Like he started out doing the, you know, trans, the TM stuff, like, <laughs> doing his thing but then later he he's practicing i forget what it's called we talked a year or two ago but he can actually go in and move things around in his mind he can find like traumas and negativity in his brain basically basically the way i'm gathering it from how i explained it you see that movie like minority report where he can like pull up the screen and move things around he can do that when he's in this trance basically to then pull things out and examine them and try to fix them on the spot like it's this really deep meditation practice it's taken a lot of years to do Mm -hmm. but i know some people strive for things like that some people do it just for daily maintenance um and and uh not enlightenment necessarily but just to be who they are um is that more what you do it for? Like just for, are you trying to go as deep as you can? I do go as deep as I can, but it depends on like how much time I have and what's going on in my life. If there's something I really am wanting to manifest, 
I mean, I get in it Mm -hmm. and I envision it and I envision it and I see it all happening. There's, or I, you know, it just helps me get centered for the day and it helps me be super productive because it calms my mind enough to be like, okay, well, this is what I have to get done today. Mm -hmm. And, and I, it just helps. It helps me be calm and peaceful. I don't have anxiety. I don't have to deal with any of that bullshit. Um, so that's just my way. It's my Prozac. Same with working out. So only it's the way that I can keep my like serotonin up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Have you been on medication for that kind of stuff before you discovered meditation? When I was in high school, my parents like put me on Prozac, but Ooh. I was, you know, it's like you seen that. Who was it that said, um, you know, maybe it was Freud, like, you know, before you uh, diagnose yourself as depressed, make sure you're not around a bunch of assholes. <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever, whatever, make sure you are indeed not surrounded by assholes. And I just like hated everybody that I was around. And I choose my, I choose my circle very carefully mm-hmm. now. And I have a lot of really great people in my life. And I'm very blessed for that, but I don't, I don't let the vampire suck me in anymore. And I'm selective about who I'm around. Mm-hmm. My time is worth a lot. And I love a lot. I'm, I'm like a, such a lover and want to give so much to everything, to everyone. So I've had to sit back and learn how to say no to some things and just focus just to be the best me I can be. Okay. So somewhat, some, somewhat people pleasing behavior here and there like it seems i i when when you when you have that kind of a tendency to like finding how not to be that way or how to step away from it is huge Mm -hmm. like it seems like it could take a lifetime to learn that but yeah well it's really just like two words fuck it (laughs) 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 so it's not that hard <laughs> I love how simplified that became from <laughs> just fuck it. Just fuck it. Just but fuck I mean, you have to realize that other people are going through their own shit and a lot of times projecting. So I get caught up in like, okay, so and so is mad at me. Um, fuck. How do I, what did I do? How do I make this right? And I'm always looking at my own behavior. And then I have to just be like, wait a minute. Okay. Stress is happening. There's a lot of shit going on. Mm -hmm. It's not me. Um, Just keep clear, keep focused on what you have to do. Because I think that a lot of us put a lot of weight of other people on our shoulders when it's really not our burden to bear because we have our own shit. Mm -hmm. That's where like fuck it is. And that's what the book Unfuckwithable is about. It's just like that reminder. And it's a very like life 101 book. And it's written very simply, but it's just that simple reminder of like, fuck it. You would, there's nothing that you can do. Mm-hmm. All you can do is learn how to love yourself and be good to yourself. Because when you have that, then you can be good to the world because I believe change begins in your backyard. Sure. Which is right here in your heart. Yeah, absolutely. That is, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm still I'm still laughing about just how simple that became. <laughs> just fuck it. Like, do you? And this is like a quick side note, but do, so being a touring musician, like you, you and I, well, I was for 12 years. You, you were doing it now still. Going through it in the early days, I had to be able to walk away from things really easily, 
-hmm. Otherwise, I would have a really hard time walking away from belongings, significant others. Like I moved out of Alaska and left a girlfriend there, like who was a year or two behind me, still had stuff to do. I was like, hey, I'm moving down to Portland. We're going to start touring. I'm going to play music for a living. Wait, what? Like, yeah, sorry. You can't change my mind. Like we were together for years. I had to be able Mm -hmm. to walk away from that. I had to be able to walk away because she didn't want to go. I had to walk away from possessions like, oh, we're on tour, but the landlord's repossessing all the stuff in the house because the rent wasn't paid. Well, I guess there goes my couple trunks of my childhood and walk away from it. Mm -hmm. Friends, like things like that, which kind of fucked me up because now I can do that still. So if something goes wrong, I learn to live without it instead of fixing it. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. 
distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Do you find the same thing like that you've gone through, like where you can either walk away from something or just kind of shut it off altogether and just move on. Like, like not even walking away, but just learning to live without it. Oh yeah. Like I live out of, okay. I have a storage unit here in uh -huh. Indiana. <laughs> uh, I have an apartment in Los Angeles. Okay. All my shit's there. Uh, and then I have like the little things that I brought here from LA for tour. I, I have boxes, hundred, like thousands and thousands of dollars of clothes and boots and shit in boxes. Like I, I kind of don't even like to buy clothes anymore. It's stupid. I, I walk away from, I'm not in a relationship because nobody can really handle that. Mm -hmm. uh, if I end up, um, meeting someone or being with somebody, it's probably going to be somebody in the music industry that understands what the fuck I go through on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I even like, I didn't even really raise 
my kid. I wouldn't have been able to do any of this without the support of her father. And I was never married to him and we're best friends and we've got the best relationship. So I'm, I got lucky, but walking away from shit, that's easy for me. Mm-hmm. I miss my friends and I FaceTime them. I'm like, talk to my LA friends weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you, we've got FaceTime these days and, but all the other shit doesn't matter. All my guitars are at my friend Wes's house and my like amps. <laughs> um, my bases are in Pennsylvania. Um, I've got three bases with me here. So yeah, I don't know. I walk away. Man. But also like living life and getting to do all this fun shit. Like it's not, it's the best. It is, it's absolutely the best you're living the best life like that's what's so cool about it is you get I me mean, yes you're traveling a lot you're move, missing things but what you're doing is is awesome you know like and you in the, the other thing the the you've done like ted talks and stuff like also i don't and that's the thing i don't do a ton of research before these but i've i've seen your ted talk i i knew about your book um which i still need to read uh, do you have an audiobook version of it um it's actually being mixed right now I, I, my buddy seven dunbar he uh he's the one that did it for me and he did it for me for practically nothing so i'm mm-hmm. and he, so i'm just like letting him just take his time with it but it's done i've done all the audio he sent me six or seven chapters and i just send them to my friend brandon because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to read the book and i can't listen to myself because i fucking read through that thing <laughs> and it's like if i have to deal with that book one more time because you're right it went back and forth i read it a hundred times and then i still like when i was doing the audiobook found some mistakes <laughs> I was like, i'm already out what am i you know whatever but i'm only human i can only do so much yeah the reason I ask on that is because there's so many books that don't have an audiobook version that seems like they easily would have. I didn't know mm-hmm. if there was a bunch of red tape you have to go through to do that. No, but I just it, I'm just waiting to get it back from my okay. So but you yeah. could just you could you could have just said, hey, when well, maybe you did this, just told your friend, hey, do you want to record this audiobook for me and then I'll send it to the publisher or whatever? You can totally do that. Or do yeah, you have well, to ask I- first? <laughs> Oh no, I don't have to ask anybody's shit. Um, I have yeah. a really great, I have a really great publisher. Um, as a matter of fact, when I was working with the editor, they didn't change anything. They made side notes. So I had all the control mm-hmm. over what was being changed. So I could decide to use her suggestion or not, which made me read through that fucking book again. <laughs> It's like as soon as I thought I was done, I was like, oh, no, I, I don't even get to like have an editor just do it and be done with it. I had to just sit down through it and go through it again. Oh um, but yeah, so once the my engineer sends it to me, I just I'm going to hit up my publisher and be like, OK, it's done. And we'll just pop it on Audible and all the, all the things. OK, this, this is good news. I've I've thought about this for a long time of just. People that I've got a few author friends that that are in the music industry that have great mm-hmm. books out that there's no audiobook version. Like I have all the stuff I can read. <laughs> Let me record like a chapter and send it to him and say, "Hey, would you like me to do the whole book?" But then I didn't right. know is there all this read because that the 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 publishing world is something I don't I understand music hundred percent, all that mm-hmm. stuff, licensing, publishing, all that stuff, but not book publishing. So I didn't know if I did that, it'd be like, "Whoa, what the hell are you doing?" Like you can't do that. Or 
hell yeah, let's do it. Let's do the whole audiobook because there's several, you know. And- yeah, definitely. I think that everybody should have an audiobook. My shit should have been out before Christmas last year. Hell yeah. <laughs> like we're doing a podcast now people listen to it like people right, listen right. they're doing things like you're absorbing it and you become part of the subconscious of the person it's crazy weird that's why people advertise on podcasts because you listen to 200 episodes of somebody you're starting to trust what they say regardless mm-hmm. of what it is it's super freaky there's a whole other conversation we can go down with that but um yes it's true anything that mark Marin says i'm in <laughs> close the gates yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um I actually made him um some candles and that have the like WTF on it. Uh-huh. And he opened them up on a on a live stream. Are you serious? I had my little letter. <laughs> That's <laughs> rad. It was so exciting because I'm just the biggest Mark Marin fan. Mark Marin and Bo Burr, those are my two like go-tos for anytime I need like as my grounding yeah <laughs> Dude, that's yeah. fantastic i love mark Merritt. i love his style it's it's just yeah it, the 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 monologues in the beginning are great like where he's just like ripping apart his mind and just being so neurotic and awesome i, I love it it's, I know. It's, it's like a dream like that would be a dream come true to actually be able to be on one of his podcasts you should do it well, I know. Well, uh, you know, I should probably get on my publicist. You don't even need to do that. You probably know who his his assistant is. You've listened to the show enough. I don't remember her yeah, name, but I, I I could probably figure it out. But I the, I would prefer to wait until after the second book is out, and then I just I want to get through this tour because mm-hmm. we're playing songs on this tour that I haven't even played before. So I've just really been nailed in and focused on getting everything perfect just to go into pre-production. <laughs> so you know how it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, let me ask you this though, really quickly on the book thing. How many podcasts have you done where you're talking about the book and the podcaster asks you for advice or to read something that they've written or to like, here's my book idea. What do you think? Is it almost every time or is it pretty rare? It's pretty rare. Okay. Um, I haven't gotten too much. A couple people. I think, but I've just, I've really been nailing and promoting this book for the last year because it's been out for, <clears throat> since when I released it in June mm-hmm. of last year during the pandemic or during the quarantine or whatever. Um, but I try to and I give advice, just anything. This is long. The main thing is people have to just write something and do it. Yeah. Because I have a lot of people saying, oh, I want to do this, but just like fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Sit down and start writing. Yeah. Because this next book that I have coming out, it's got stories and it's my friend's stories. And so I literally had to just be like, sit the fuck down and write, send it to me. I can edit it. I can help. Here's your voice. I gave them the prompts. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, you know, it took me taking, you know, they, you have to just do it. Absolutely. There's, there's people that always say, (laughs) always hear people say, I think I have a book in me. And it drives me nuts. I'm like, great. Where? Where? <laughs> Can you get it out? I don't. Know. It's uh, yeah. It's, everyone seems to have a book in them, but not everyone can do it. And and uh, so I I applaud you for that because the amount of work that goes into that is huge. And um, and so this this new book that you're working on is is through it's stories. A friend of yours is stories that you're 
helping them helping them with basically putting it together no, or are you going to um okay so it's the the book is called don't be a dickopotamus and it's <laughs> i know <laughs> i love um, this but it's a, it's basically geared towards kids right okay um, and so it's stories of bullying so i have oh, multiple man. friends submitting their experiences whether they were the bully mm -hmm. whether they were bullied um i my gay asian friend uh, my gayian friend wrote a great story for it um my kids writing a story for it so it's going to be a bunch of short stories so it's not going to be like as big as unfuckwithable mm -hmm. but i really just want to nail down the fact that you know teaching kids to be lovers instead of judgers you because you don't know what the fuck is going on mm -hmm. with people at home and what their home life is like and what their struggle is every day. And I, I just think that it's ignored and that's why bullying has just, you know, kids are killing themselves more today because of cyberbullying. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I want to see if I can make a difference in that world with the kids. And I think that if I have a lot of people in support behind that, including like super cool rock stars that kids might listen. Mm -hmm. You know a so, few of those probably, right? Yeah. See, were you, sure. were you bullied as a child? Yeah. I was bullied by adults. It's, um, it's funny because my, my mom, um, you know, she still apologizes to me saying that she should have taken me out of that Kokomo Christian school uh -huh. way before they pulled me out because just, I was treated unfairly. The parents just didn't like me. Cause like I said, I was really good at everything. Um, and I was judged. I got left out of things for no reason. You know, I don't know. Bullying still happens. Mm -hmm. I was, but I'm okay. Like I, because I love myself enough to not care what other people think, mm -hmm. but it's, I mean, it took me 35 years, 40 years to get there. I mean, yeah. What do you do? Well, yeah, you're bullied by adults. That's a fucked up thing because that's the yeah. those are the people you're supposed to be able to go to when a child is fucking with you. Right. Like you're that's your even even adults you don't know. Like they always say, go tell a grown up or go tell, you know, of course, don't talk to strangers, but also go tell a grown up if something's happening. If you can't do that, that leaves you with nothing. Or maybe becoming closer with the kids because you can't trust the adults or you can't that that's who you have a problem with that's fucked up yeah. i'm really sorry to hear that that's that's well, I mean, i'm definitely like okay with it now i mean but even like being bullied in relationships like i've been single for four five years now just I was in a horribly abusive relationship and the fact that i allowed myself to continue to let someone treat me like that yeah is bullshit so i just but it's helped me develop a sense of integrity with who I am mm -hmm. and what I'm doing. So everything happens for a reason. The universe has this like magical plan. There are no mistakes. It's, I don't think so. That's, that's an interesting way to take it because you know, you think about people that have been through horrible traumas or, or even minor traumas, like that's what made them who they are. So right. there's also this weird connection with it. Like this, well, if you're happy with where you are, you have to kind of be content with what happened at the same Absolutely. time and accept it, which is such a crazy thing to think about. Like to be happy now, you have to, you have to 
acknowledge and and come to grips with everything like and appreciate basically appreciate it which is right. such a weird thing to say when talking about any kind of trauma but um you know coming out the other side a better person mm-hmm. you know or a, a person that's happy with where they are maybe not necessarily a better person you have no idea because <laughs> yeah you only come out one way you know uh yeah. that's insane i i i really uh I really admire your character. Like I really do. I really, I really think uh, you're doing great things and you, you have such a positive attitude, Um, but you're just, you're, you're creating, you're putting things in the world, you know, you're putting that energy out there. So you're getting a ton back in return, you know, more so than a lot of people because you have the drive and have the, I guess, I guess bravery might be the right word, but it, it takes bravery to put something out in the world. Yeah, well, like Brene Brown, um, I just read her book, Braving the Wilderness. Yeah, it takes, it does take that, but everybody has that inside of them. And I want to be a positive force and a positive energy to help other people realize that within themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one of the one things I love about being able to play music and meet fans and become friends with them just because that changes lives like the, your kindness to people it changes people that's just the most important thing to me i think sure you the, the best advice i ever got and i've said this multiple times probably on the show i don't remember but the best advice i ever got was right before i did my first tour and my friend aaron said just be nice to everybody be nice to the waiter or waitress at the restaurant talk to people be nice like just be a good person to people and it seemed like just like okay yeah sure man but when you actually implement that i can't tell you how many discounted or free meals i got at a restaurant from a person that was just glad that you talked to them but they knew they saw you were in that van you were sleeping in that van and like you know what hey the the you know i I took the drinks off the order or you know how many times that happened just from being nice like saying thank you when they leave the table or when they bring you something instead of just like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, just put it right there. You know? Yeah. That little bit, you know, and they talk about, people talk about like that we're, that we're going to commit suicide. Someone smiled at me on the bus and that's all I needed. Like to not, <laughs> to not do it. You know, stuff like that is real. Yeah, it's I get real. emotional. I'm it's, about to tear up. It's, it's, <laughs> Because it's real, like it's it, you know, like yeah. that stuff. It, it sometimes that's all it takes, you know. Like this show, like you and I were texting a little bit before we, you know, not right before, but like the, in the days leading up to this, mm-hmm. you know, minimally, of course. But like ninety percent of the guests I've had on this show that I didn't know before, I still chat with now. Like, oh, absolutely. It, but I'll check in like every couple months. I'll just send a text like, "Hey, hope you're doing okay." You know, sometimes I get a text back, sometimes I don't, and it doesn't matter as long as they see it, you know, yeah. like, Hey, some random person or someone I know very little is thinking about me, you know, like that little bit of stuff is so simple, but it can be so huge for somebody, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's really important, especially with as, as sterile as texting is even just seeing those words pop up on your, or seeing, seeing a message pop up on your phone in general, like, Oh yeah. You know, you see the old older people like, oh, I got a text message. Oh, my God. You know, or my phone rang this week. 
you know sometimes that's all sometimes that's all you need to hear sometimes it's super annoying sometimes it's great but you have to put it out there i know but yeah i think that uh reciprocal friendship is very important Mm -hmm. and i i like to i check in on my people constantly you have to it's so important to me and i like in my whole adult life, I I feel like LA has become such a home mm-hmm. to me because those are really some of the strongest relationships and bonds that I've I've made in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I miss it, but I'm really happy to be here. And also, I needed alone time, and I have roommates. So my goal is though, when I get back to Los Angeles, I'm going to just move out and get a, my own place. Mm-hmm. Instead of living with other people, because I also do that. Do you do well on your own? Yeah, I thrive. You thrive on your own and with your alone time. Yeah, <clears throat> that's. I mean, I definitely like want to like eventually find you know be in a dope relationship or whatever, whatever that looks like. But I'm de- I still have to have my space. Like, there's no <laughs> getting around that because I like to meditate. Like, I have a whole like thing I do in the morning. Mm-hmm. So are you guys doing a, like a bus or bandwagon bus bus? Okay. So where, where do you find time to meditate on tour? Oh, meditation on tour doesn't really happen a whole lot in my bunk. I can like lay down and do it. So it all like tours a whole different story. It's just like, go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. And plus I still have client work that I'm doing for other like projects. So I'm still going to be doing that while on the road. So I'll be working a couple days a week while juggling like sound check and then VIP meet and greets mm-hmm. and you know seeing all your friends pre-show. But yeah, it's that 3 a.m. you sleep from 3 a.m. to noon. It's that whole schedule. You know how oh, yeah. oh yeah. Because you're not really too excited when you get off stage and end up having like a couple drinks with people mm-hmm. and you're riding the wave and like it's three in the morning and you're like, fuck, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the weird. I wanted to ask you about this too, because it was on my mind. But so, like, you came into Cold later in the career, like, mm-hmm. they were already an established band. Right. I did the same thing with Portugal the Man. But when I came into Portugal, we had, we were all in a band together before that broke okay. up and then they started Portugal. I've been with those guys since middle school. So, like, it was okay. coming back into an established band that was my friends from middle school. Like, it was not. So it was a weird experience because the backstage area was people like, holy shit, is that so-and-so? Is that who, what the fuck's going on here? Like, but my surroundings were the guys, right? Mm-hmm. But I was still coming into an established band. Yeah. How did you handle, I know it was one of your favorite bands, but how did you handle coming into an established band like that and then holding your own? I know, I know they seek you out mm-hmm. and asked you to join, but joining a band that had been playing for what, 15 years, maybe at the mm-hmm. point when you came in? already had their their hiccups and their uh alliances and whatever how did you navigate that and i don't mean i don't mean as a female and a a man full of dudes because that's the most cliche Mm -hmm. thing ever just being a human being joining an established band like that how did you navigate that like a boss like a boss (laughs) fuck it (laughs) (laughs) hey guys Um, Fuck it. Let's go. Where's my bunk? <laughs> That's exactly. Where's my rider and where's my bunk? I got to go meditate. I'm out. 
that's funny. Uh, Scooter has names for all of us. He puts like things like uh, names on all of our bunks. So uh-huh. mine has queen on it because <laughs> I'm the queen of the bunk. Yeah. Right no. next to the bathroom. Yeah, you know, I really, I prepared so much and I, I had moved to Los Angeles. Um, Scooter had moved to Temecula. And like I said, I was in a pretty shitty relationship. So Scooter was like, fuck this dude, you're coming and staying with me. Mm-hmm. So I got to, I mean, I lived with Scooter for two years. Um, so we had already developed like a brother, sister, best friend relationship. And I busted my ass. I mean, I literally played nonstop he, just to have everything right mm-hmm. for, for tours. So I came in prepared. It was like that, you know, preparation meets opportunity. The separations in the preparation. Yeah. Russell Wilson. And, <laughs> and also the, the fans, the cold army really embraced me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got really lucky. Some of them were like, Oh, fucking girl. What happened to Jeremy? Ma, 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 ma. I'll never see, you know, but uh, cold's gone through a lot of members as as do lots of bands some people get the same people but you know we have a really good crew right now and like a really good it's just good mm-hmm. it's tour it's it's positive and everybody loves each other and has mutual respect so i love our tour manager our crew everything is good but i navigated it by just being prepared and being nice and you know, it was the biggest opportunity of my life. And it was the scariest yes that I ever said. I didn't play a five string bass. I was just like, but, you know, to quote Richard Branson, you know, he's like, they say yes. And I'm going to have to fucking do it later. So I did. I just like, that was the immediate thing he calls. And I remember I was at a sound check. Um, my old band, we were opening up for Saving Abel. We were direct support for them for a couple of tours in the u.s and i was at the vogue and i got the message and i'm like so he gives me his phone number and i call him and he's like hey Lindsay, i know this sounds crazy and like i'm talking to one of my favorite singers on the phone Mm -hmm. i'm just like the fuck he's just like well we've been researching you and you know do you want to do this and I was like, yes, <laughs> there was no question. He's like, do you have a husband or anybody you need to talk to? And I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm in just whatever it takes. So I ended up actually buying a Warwick five string bass. Mm-hmm. I've been playing with four string for so long and I, I was just not doing well with it. So he was like, you can do everything on your four string. So it, it worked out. Yeah. That's see, that's that's such an interesting thing to get a call like that, you know. If it's people see it in the movies and on TV and stuff, like who got the call, you know, like when you actually get the call like that, it's something that's that's. Uh, I mean, that's a rare thing, especially it wasn't management calling. It wasn't. It, it was. It was. I'm assuming that was Scooter calling you. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's. How many bands, how many band members have been fired by an email or a text? Like with no contact from it. You know what I mean? Like it can be so like brutal out there. Yeah. But to have like a direct like and then they're researching you. You know, like we saw what you can do. 
we're stocking you kind of, you know, like, we're going to get you in this band. That's what he said that he was like, we've kind of been stalking you for the last year. So <laughs> I, I'm, I feel very honored, but I think that like, again, the universe worked it out mm-hmm. and it was somebody, it was a fan who had seen me playing with saving able, like had it not been for, for, you know, that shitty relationship I was in. And I was like, you know, I was dating my drummer if it wasn't for that and the saving able tour and, you know, a cold fan being at a saving able show, taking my photo of me playing the bass with the cold spider, like everything just kind of, again, I feel like it's like this chess game where the universe was like, I'm going to put you here and here. And this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's magical. It really is. And I feel very honored and very blessed. And I, you know, I hope everybody gets, opportunities that are created that they can create for themselves as well. And yeah. I love Scooter. I mean, he's seriously been there for me for almost a decade now and he's my family. Mm-hmm. He seems like a very good person. I've, I've never met Scooter. I've never been in this, even at festivals and stuff. I don't think we've ever crossed paths, but I get a good vibe from him. I know he writes uh, from a dark place a lot of the time. Which is super real, and 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 I appreciate that a lot too. But also, yeah. I I can see that he can have fun. You know, people have this ver like this. Uh, they assume someone's a certain way because of the public persona that they have, and yeah. everything's everything's blown out of proportion. I think everything is one way or the other. You know, you know him very well. I think you guys probably complement each other quite a bit. With your personality yeah. and his personality. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I. I really think it would be awesome if you guys did a podcast together because it would be able to watch both your personalities. You know, I really think Scooter was supposed to come on the show. Man, I don't remember how long it was back when the album was coming out, Mm -hmm. but then we had a schedule and everything, but then he got like super sick. Um, Mm -hmm. Was it Natalie? Can't remember if it was Natalie. Yeah. Natalie. Yeah. And it was Natalie who set that up and she like the day of, and she's like, I am so sorry. Like he got super sick. And mm-hmm. we were going to reschedule it and just never ended up happening. But, um, <laughs> but from yeah, what I've I, heard, he's very, uh, like, he seems like a pretty funny dude. He's hysterical. Yeah. He can make you laugh like nobody else. Um, he's kind. He can, you know, be bossy. <laughs> but he's like, he's the man, you know? He's, he's like, the band leader for sure. He, Man, yeah, he's my boss <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> so he's still my boss. Yeah. So, but like whatever he says goes and I'm on board, like, but he's a good person. He is a good human being and it's really nice. He doesn't have an ego a little bit. Sometimes, you know, that ego balance where, okay, you're a rock star and you have to be a rock star, but you're also on a level where you're not a complete asshole. Yeah. He's, he's just the best. He really is. And he'll do anything for anybody. He's done so much for the fans. Just, yeah. He's had to take himself away from like the cold army because it does get dark and you hear a lot of stories and like during meet and greets, some of the stories that I've heard, there was one meet and greet. I was listening to this lady tell this story about how her husband was gonna probably kill her that night and she was listening to the song i think it was suffocate and she left and it saved her life um 
And I just remember like putting my head down on the table and I just started bawling and we had to stop the meet and greet because I just had to go and take a five minute break because it's just, you know, what the fans go through and what his music has done for people. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible to be a part of. I'm getting all emotional right now, like thinking about it. But well, it's real stuff. Yeah. Nope. There's no fault in that whatsoever. I, I, I this, this, this show has gone to some really dark places in the past. Like where there's been more, I've broken down, guests have broken down. Like it's just what it is. It's, it's real yeah. stuff. You know, it's not how's the tour going podcast, but um, those stories you're talking about, like, and I, I, I gotta stop doing this. I tell everyone to start podcasts because I love them. But <laughs> if you and Scooter start a podcast where you have these people on to tell their story, like you're hearing at the meet and greets, mm-hmm. I think that'd be incredibly valuable for people to hear and see you guys <laughs> navigate them. Yeah, right? that would be, that would be cool. That'd um, be Scooter. huge. Scooter probably wouldn't be the one to want to do that just because he he's just kind of a hermit. Um, he's an introvert, I should say. Um, but I am going to start um, an unfuckwithable podcast. Okay. And I'm working with Dave Kinsler um, with Bandwidth. But it's not going to be until next year. I was hoping to get it done for spring, but there's just too much going on and we're... Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's like one thing at a time. I've got to prioritize things, sure. you gotta- but I definitely want to start a podcast and make it fun and have the stories of, you know, people who overcome things and what yeah. made them uncomfortable and have lots of people on comedians and rock stars and all the things. So there you go. It's, I will tell you this, like the, some of the biggest podcasts out there are just normal people telling stories mm-hmm. like the NPR stuff. Oh, people yeah. love that. Like they, they that? don't know who the person is. They're like cereal, I think. Um, one of them's called cereal. Then there's the moth podcast or the. I like the moth. I listen to the moth sometimes. And there's like another one, beautiful, crazy, beautiful, or beautiful disaster, or I don't remember. But this guy named Chris does it. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't listened to it in a while because I've just been in my own little music bubble of managing my life. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's some really great podcasts from from people that are just regular people. Agreed, one thousand percent. Yeah, it's because it, it's real stories. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, your story would still be your story. It just yeah. wouldn't be Lindsay from Cold. It would be Lindsay Manfredi. Like, okay. and they'd be like, "Oh, who's Lindsay Manfredi?" And then they would listen to the story, like, "Holy shit!" Like, okay, I can get into this. But it mm-hmm. also goes back to. Well, you're talking about that horrible relationship you were in, put you in the place to that picture to be taken to start the wheels in motion. Mm-hmm. There's so many little things. If you, you can drive yourself insane, if you think of the things you did differently, if you didn't run that yellow light, would your life have ended that day? Would it have ended a hundred years from now? You know, like you don't know the events that, it, you know, and same with that, that fan that was telling that story, like heard that song. What if something happened that Scooter didn't write that song? You know, like all the, the, you could just go fucking insane trying to go backwards through this stuff. But then you have to now appreciate, wait a minute. I was in that relationship for as long as I was dealing with all that bullshit because it got me to hear like, that's mm-hmm. why I was supposed to go through that shit. Oh, absolutely. It built, you know, it built an alliance between you and Scooter where he wants to defend you and say, fuck that guy, get out of here. 
but also, you know, like it's, it's, uh, have you, have you met the fan that took the picture at any of the oh, meet and greets? I don't know who it is. Oh, there was no credit on the photo or anything like that? Uh, no. God, that'd be awesome to he see. He doesn't even remember. And it might've been through social media. He's just like, well, someone sent me a photo of you playing and it's a cold spider. But, you know, at that point, like I had, you know, co-founded Girls Rock Indianapolis. So mm -hmm. he had watched my TED talk and I could, you know, he was getting to kind of know who I am online because I'm very, I'm, you know, own a social media company marketing. So I've been, you know, I've had a very heavy online presence. Wait a minute. What? You, you own a, you own a social media marketing company. Mm -hmm. Is that the side hustle you're talking about? Like client work that you're doing mm -hmm. on tour? Yeah. Holy shit. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Since 2009. That's rad. Yeah. You're all over everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, work, I mainly work with comedians. I do a lot of, uh, shit with comedy uh -huh. <laughs> and and um i work with lynn janae Resitas. she's a new york times best-selling author of the clam i work for her a couple days a week um she's the shit she changes people's lives she's a nutritionist sports mm -hmm. medicine and all the all that stuff so does she help yeah. you with your wellness plan uh yeah I mean, she's great uh even when like when uh we played in brooklyn and i didn't really have any healthy food she brought me three days worth of food our show in Brooklyn. So I had like, I could kind of reset. Um, I'm getting an Instapot air fryer, uh, this like Ninja one for the bus this year. So I can at least, you know, eat a little bit better than the boys. Yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm just, I really is. Yeah, I think that nutrition is super important. And so at least there are things that I can throw on the bus so I can have like healthy food immediately. Yeah. Are you like vegan, vegetarian or carnivore just eat healthy god I'm no gonna, i'm gonna eat the steak tonight no that's fantastic um, no no no. i just i balance okay sometimes i eat vegetarian just whatever my body is craving yeah. i uh, try to switch my shit up though um it's like rotate or your body gets used to shit and mm -hmm. um you know gain weight or whatever but yeah my biggest thing like my issue is i don't have a sweet tooth or anything i just um, cutting out alcohol is the biggest thing because I do love wine and I love tequila. Mm -hmm. So those are my two downfalls. So Mexico was dangerous. <laughs> oh, Mexico was. <laughs> but the good news about Mexico, um, so I'm a Don Julio 70. That's my favorite tequila uh -huh. in the world. Um, and yeah, we definitely drink some of that. But I, it's so good that you can just drink it plain, like on the rocks. And oh, my God. Zero, zero <laughs> hangover. Zero hangover. It is seriously the best. Like, got this vanilla uh, flavor. It's just, I love it. It's my favorite. That's excellent. I, yeah, hey, Don Julio 70. If you come to a show and you want to bring no, <laughs> Get the sponsorship train going. <laughs> See, <laughs> go on the rider, damn it! That, you can put it on there. You know this. I know, I know. We're not, you know we don't drink, like nobody really drink. We're trying to not be like drinking too much. Yeah, like the whole we we're all in our forties now. <laughs> you have to be good, and our schedule is very grueling over mm -hmm. the next few months. So, what do you put on the rider yourself? Um, I have a bottle of wine on there. Mm -hmm. Um, peppermint Altoids. What else do I, um, 
just multiple random things. We have uh, emergencies on our rider. We have non-alcoholic beer on our rider. Tissues, like just stupid shit. We're not too diva-ish. Someone (laughs) needs to do a podcast just going over a band's rider. Because it's so funny. We did, right before we, we went to a bus, like still in a van, clean socks and underwear. We put oh, on the yeah. rider so we didn't have to do laundry. We just toss it, or which is so irresponsible. I'm going to have vapey pens because <laughs> I, I quit smoking three months ago or maybe four months ago now. It's been so long, but I definitely have a little addiction to the vape. But oh. um, it's still so much better. My skin is so much better since I quit smoking. Every mm-hmm. once in a while, I'll, you know, socially have one with someone who's having one or I'll take a drag. But mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that was a big accomplishment of something that I did this year. That's so. huge! Congratulations, that's awesome. Yeah. I haven't drank since two thousand seven, so like I, I nice. do nothing. I'm completely boring. I don't even drink coffee, and that's not because of the Mormon thing. I just never liked it, so I know I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do anything. Like I just, I guess food's my vice. I I do love to yeah. eat, but um, which is just as bad for you. Though. But uh, <laughs> when you do it like I do. <laughs> I don't use the instant pot very often. We'll say that, um, but that my wife's vegan and she she uses that thing religiously mm-hmm. every day. Nice. That and the Vitamix, yeah, out the door like every day, several yeah. times. Um, but yeah, you should. You should, if someone's got to start a podcast out there about writers, like some of the most ridiculous things I've seen on on writer or in if we share a green room with somebody. Like, are you kidding me? Like. Dude had a stack of porno mags on the on the writer, multiple rotisserie chickens, like weight sets, like all sorts of shit. Where we're just like, really, like we get there. We it's like all the ours is like in the corner, and we're like main support. Well, we were we were both headlining, but we had to split. Like they combined the shows, and this other band got on right above us, so we shared a green what room. I wouldn't know what it was. was. It was Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, oh, okay. There. They're friends of mine, but like I've told Johnny this story too, but on because it was one of my only. If you're familiar with that band, their drummer, the Rev, passed away. Yeah, and I met the Rev by walking in on him jacking off in the shower to the porno mags that were on the rider because he didn't lock the bathroom door, and he had them laid out around the the bathroom. Like one was on the toilet, the other one was on the sink. There was one in the shower, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And that's how I met Jimmy. Like. But then they had like all these rotisserie chicken because they were all lifting weights and they were like saying to each other, dude, your chest is so much bigger than mine. No, dude, yours is so much bigger. <laughs> and we we still joke about it to this day. It was my chemical romance, us and and Avenged Sevenfold all in one green room. And nice. it was chaos. But the writer situation was hilarious. Like a full table, full table, corner slot, <laughs> pita bread, hummus and underwear. That was it. That's good. Horrible. Yeah. But. Well, maybe when we do the Unfuck with the Bull podcast, we can. <clears throat> I'm good friends with Stevie Salas, and he's played with the Rolling Stones and mm-hmm. all kinds of people. He's got some great stories. So fantastic. And <laughs> we get some their uh, writer shit. Yes. Fantastic. That needs to happen. Um, sure. Lindsay, I've had a fantastic time chatting with you. I'm so glad this went to where it did. I I never have any idea where it's going to go. Right. Uh, I don't either. <laughs> I also haven't laughed this hard in a long time on the show, which is awesome. But what you're doing is so great. Like you're just putting it out there. You're putting out energy in the world. 
you're you're doing what you want to be doing, what you told your parents you wanted to do as a child. You've overcome all these different things. You've you've uh, like woven straight into your favorite band to then now be a part of that band, creating these stories with fans now going forward. Books coming out, projects, candles. We didn't even talk about candles. Um, but all these side hustles still, you know? Mm-hmm. Your mother, so many great things are coming from you and I really am inspired by what you're doing. And uh it's been a real pleasure to have you on. Um I I welcome you back anytime you want to come back on. Um, All right. If you want to because yeah, it's a lot of fun. For sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, great, so thank you. Absolutely. Hundred percent. And and uh yeah, I'll let you back to your evening. Uh well, yeah, I guess it is evening time, your time. Um where oh yeah. Where okay, where are you located right now? I'm in Portland, Oregon. So okay, I'm you're in Portland. Two fifteen. My time. Yep. But uh, okay. All right. Well, um, before we go, I'm gonna plug the new record. Yes, please do. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> not really. It's not really part. that new anymore, but it's still. You know, we're still working on that. Like we're going on tour to support that. Um, and then my book, of course, Unfuck with a Bull: Guide to Inspired Badassery. You can get it at lindsaymanfreebie.com. Um, VIP packages are still available. They're selling out, so you can go to coldarmy.com to get those. And we start our tour on September 15th. And you're not coming to Portland. <laughs> no. Okay. We're not doing that. Cal- <sighs> it all has to do with routing. Oh, and I know. We, you know this. Oh, yes. like our So this is definitely not our fault. We want to go everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we put out a tour schedule and then you always have the people who are like, France. <laughs> <laughs> Um, South America or South, or South Africa. Yeah. Um, you know, come to Germany or, you know, why aren't you coming to Seattle? And now we want to go all of the places and we will eventually, but we're just now, you know, getting great. We're, we had a whole year and a half off. And so we're just excited to be getting back into it. So that's fantastic. I, I, I know I'll see you guys eventually. And, uh, yeah, yes. just be careful out there, be safe. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and, and your candles too. You can get those on lindsaymanfreedy.com. Yep. Excellent. I and I make custom candles. I just I'm put it take just did an order today. Like I did a candles for my friend's grandma's 80th thir- something birthday and a bunch of candles for her friends. So I'm actually going to drop those off at the post office as soon as we're done here. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. So you can go on there and you can, there's like a form or something you can fill out for custom stuff. Yeah, well, you'll just pop me an email, and I'm doing. I'm going to have 200 candles for the tour. Okay. Um, and then I'm also going to be selling my book on the road as well. So excellent, excellent. I'm going to get a copy of that because I need to check this out now. Because now that we've spoken, I have to. I now have to read this. Awesome. I'm stoked. Okay. Well, go to the post office. Do your thing. Hit me up anytime, and and uh, I'll let you know when this is coming out for sure. Um, Perfect. And yeah, keep in touch. We'll do this again. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lindsay Manfredi from Cold. Uh, She is an author. Like I said, her book, uh, Unfuck Withable, um, is is out now. You can find that on Amazon or anywhere else. Um, And of course, Cold has new music and they just finished a tour, I believe. Um, But yeah, you can find her all over the place. She's all over YouTube. Uh, If you want to find videos of her doing what she does. And uh, like I said, I had a fantastic chat. Uh, I really enjoyed it and I would absolutely have her on again. So hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, what we had to speak about. 
And uh, I'm just glad you guys come back week after week. It really means a lot that you guys are here um, and the numbers are growing. I mean, we've, we've, I mean, leaps and bounds. I, I don't even know how else to describe it. It's been insane. The word of mouth, um, you know, I'm running into people all the time that have already heard of the show. Uh, and that's fantastic. And, and I couldn't ask for anything more. So thank you guys for that. Thank you so much for supporting the show on the premium service, signing up for the Facebook group, uh, going to the Twitch live streams. All that stuff really, really makes a difference for rating and reviewing the show. Uh, it's absolutely something uh, I don't take lightly. I really, really appreciate it. So like I say every week, I love each and every one of you guys, and I really could not do this without your support. Uh, and I and I just love to see all the emails coming in and the guests that we get on that have already heard of the show. Uh, it's just a real, real good time. So uh, this is something I'll continue to do as long as I can. And, and you know, I, it's really a passion of mine and a labor of love. So I, I will absolutely keep going um, as long as I am able to. But uh, yeah, go check out uh, Lindsay Manfredi's stuff. Um, check out her book. Check out her music. Um, you know, send her some love. Tell her Dewey sent you. And uh, yeah, man, I'm going to get out of here. I got a ton to do for the 12 Days of Peer Pleasure coming up. Um, so I am going to be swamped. Uh, but I always keep these short anyway. So as always, guys, we'll see you on the radio. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.